You're listening to the LMC Radio Network, broadcasting out of Forestville, California, on the World Wide Web at LuckyMojo.com. The views and opinions expressed by Professor Porterfield do not necessarily reflect the views of the sponsors or their affiliates. Texas, where the stars at night are big and bright, it's the Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, here to tell it like it was and how it is to help school you so no one can fool you, brought to you by the good folks at the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in beautiful Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. So now, without further ado, here's Professor Porterfield. Good evening. To you, one and all, I am Professor Charles Porterfield, and uh, hoodoo is my business. Well, welcome back to the Now You Know show once again, and thank you so much for all the kind messages and well wishes I got last week when I was down under the weather. I appreciate them all so greatly. Hope you all enjoyed the Halloween show we had week before last. Wasn't that a kicker? Don't worry. We're all still here alive and well, with many apologies to our dear old Orson Wells. <laughs> well, what a week, what a week ye have had. And before we go on over, to Wink Winkerson in the newsroom, I've got a few little things to cover in the weekly occurrences, as it were. First of all, good God, have you ever seen so many people up 
in arms one side or the other about a damn cup. Oh, Lord, the red cup, the end of times. Don't uh, we've what we've got here is the red cup scare. Someday in the future, people will look back and listen to this on the archives. And hopefully my prayer is we'll go, what the hell was the red cup square? Well, I will not even get into the red cup scare except to say it's just been a hoot. Meantime, I am happy and very pleased to announce here tonight on the Now You Know show the new Republican Party campaign. The new Republican campaign is called the Retroactive Campaign. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Now, the Republican Party candidates for president are proud to bring to you their position of what they will do in the past before it happened. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. They've been building to this. We saw the early, early sort of vibrations of this come along when they were all very pleased and happy to announce that they weren't quite sure that 9-11 happened under uh, George W. Bush Jr.'s uh, presidential office. And so that was a little alteration in the timeline. And now they've gone further. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, now they've gone further. They are now pleased to start telling you what they're going to do as president in the past through the time gate. So far, Jeb Bush has stepped up to say that he is definitely the candidate to go back in time and kill baby Hitler. A little odd. I thought he was a right-to-lifer, but hey, whatever. You know, there you go. Hopefully, in the coming week, uh, between now and the next show, we will see uh, Ben Carson, Dr. Carson, come out and tell us exactly what he plans to do about baby Joseph Stalin. Um, I'm hoping that perhaps um, Rick Santorum, if he still remains in the campaign, will tell us what he plans to do about baby Pontius Pilate. Uh, and I personally would like to see something done, oh, just about the whole, you know, uh, situation uh, in the Han Dynasty. So maybe, you know, maybe that'll maybe that'll get taken care of. So we're pleased to announce the the Republican retroactive campaign tonight. What a fun thing that was. And then finally, there's been a lot of talk this week because we've seen not only ongoing protesting campaigns on uh, college campuses in Missouri and at Yale, but growing campaigns. And what we've seen is a big drag out of something I had hoped to never see again, which is this sort of mealy-mouthed kind of removed statement about, oh, well, you know, with all these trigger warnings and all of these things that these college students are protesting, you know, college is there to educate you and to open your mind, not to shield you from the realities of life. And these students need to realize that a higher education is a privilege, not a right. 
and they need to be mindful of that. Now, where have I heard speech before? Where had that be? I will go later and check with Catherine Ironwood and Gabrielle Swain to tell me where I have heard that bullshit before. Because, baby, they were there. All right? And this is a tired, tired, tired old campaign. Listen, when the college students, when they are willing to risk their education that they are paying for and that they are going in debt for, and they come out of the woodwork and they stand in unity about the issues of their day, and isn't it unfortunate that the issues of their day today are some of the issues of their day way back when? You best look out. It's time to sit up and take notice, elders, and say, we have problems in this society. They need to be addressed. And if we, the elders of our society, are not going to address them, then the young people are. It's blowing in the wind. So get ready and know that I now, strangely, that I should have come to a place where I am now on the other side, that I am now an elder, stand with these young people firmly. And you heard it here tonight. Mark it down. Professor Porterfield said that. You can bring it to me on a piece of paper, and I'll sign it. And that's been my perspective on what's been going on this week. But for the news, let's go over to Wink Winkerson, still alive, in the LMC Radio Newsroom. Good evening. This is Wink Winkerson reporting. Today is Thursday, November 12th, the 316th day of 2015. There are 39 days left in, uh, excuse me, ladies and gentlemen, there are 39 days until winter begins and 49 days left in the year. Today and tomorrow are auspicious days to cut firewood, mow to increase growth, castrate farm animals, dig holes, Wean, yearlings, and babies. Go hunting. Potty train children. Wash windows. Advertise to sell. And travel for pleasure. Today and tomorrow are poor planting days. However, the 14th and 16th of November will be good days for planting peas, squash, corn, tomatoes, and other above-ground crops in southern Florida, Texas, and California. Today's highlight in history comes to us from November 12, 1926, when the first recorded aerial bombing on U.S. soil took place in Williamson County, Illinois, during a feud between rival liquor gangs, the Sheltons, and the Burgers. Also on this date, in 1927... 
Joseph Stalin became the undisputed ruler of the Soviet Union as Leon Trotsky was expelled from the Communist Party. In 1936, the San Francisco-Oakland Bay Bridge opened as President Franklin D. Roosevelt pressed a telegraph key in Washington, D.C., giving the green light to traffic. In 1942, the World War II Bad Naval Battle of Guadalcanal began. In 1948, former Japanese Premier Hideko Tojo and several other World War II Japanese leaders were sentenced to death by a war crimes tribunal. In 1969, news of the My Lai Massacre in South Vietnam in March of 1968 was broken by investigative reporter Seymour Hersh. In 1977, the city of New Orleans elected its first black mayor, Ernest Dutch Morale, the winner of the runoff. In 1984, space shuttle astronauts Dale Gardner and Joe Allen snared a wandering satellite in history's first space salvage. The Palapa B-2 satellite was secured in Discovery's cargo bay for return to Earth. In 1985, Xavier Soares was elected Miami's first Cuban-American mayor. And finally, in 1990, Japanese Emperor Akito formally assumed the Chrysanthemum throne. Today's LMC birthday greetings go out to rhythm and blues singer Jimmy Hayes of the Persuasions, who is 72. Rock musician Booker T. Jones of Booker T. and the MGs is 71. Singer-songwriter Neil Young is 70. Rock musician Donald Buck Dharma Roser of Blue Oyster Cult is 68. Olympic gold medal gymnast Nadia Komenich is 54. Actor Sam Lloyd, 52. Rock musician David Elson, 51. Figure skater Tanya Harding is 45. Actress Radha Mitchell is 42. Actress Tamilla Jones, 41. Singer Tevin Campbell, 39. Actress Ashley Williamson, 37. Actor and heartthrob Ryan Gosling, 35. And actress Anne Hathaway is 33. We also wish to send out LMC birthday greetings to air members Aura LaForest, whose birthday is today, and Lou Flores, whose birthday will be on the 17th. We wish them all a very happy birthday. Our thought for today comes to us from Elizabeth Cady Stanton, who was born this date in 1815 and died in 1902, who said, I would have girls regard themselves not as adjectives, but as nouns. This has been the news from the LMC Radio Newsroom, and we now turn you over to Professor Porterfield and the lucky numbers. Lucky number, oh, dreaming of lucky numbers, hoping that those lucky numbers yeah. will show for me. Numbers only show for you. 
superstition. Or even make me suspicious. Table with 13 dishes. It will make me That's mommy, yeah? Yeah, man. Well, okay. Put my trunk in goof for stuff. Cause you know someday may bring you a seven. Or oh, maybe a lucky eleven. Oh, that you the eleven. Lucky number for me. Yeah. Oh, yes. And unlike the Nicholas Brothers, you need not just trust in goofer dust because we do have the lucky numbers for you for a rainy day. This week's lucky numbers come to us from ProfessorPorterfield.com. Why not go on by and take a look? And they are 12, 16, 32, 49, 52, and 60. Once again, those lucky numbers are 12, 16, 32, 49, 52, and 60. And I must tell you that 32 is a particularly good number for the next nine days. So keep track of it. This week's lucky three-digit numbers are 272. That's 272. 444. That's 444. And 639. That's 639. The card of the week is the Four of Hearts, the marriage bed, romantic love, sex, and tenderness, as well as fidelity in the home. This is a week filled with love, gentleness, and matters about the home. Take some time this week to set your house and home in order and spend time with those special to you. This is a very favorable week to rekindle possibly diminishing romance in a relationship as well as a very good time to pop the question. Remember, our week runs Thursday to Thursday, so check in with the Now You Know show to get all the numbers and cards when they first come out. And if you hit, remember where you get. Till then, good luck to you all. Up next, our Loretta Evans with Cooking with Loretta Evans. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, to Cooking with Loretta Evans. Tonight and each week, our own Miss Loretta Evans of the First and Second Baptist Church of Quimby will be sharing tips, tricks, and recipes from her kitchen to yours. Hello, all. This is Miss Loretta Evans. I'm so happy to be with you again. I'm not dead. Oh, but wasn't that scary? Anyway, tonight we're going to be looking at a very favorite in my house, and I hope in yours as well, cream of mushroom soup. Now, most of us are used to getting the little Campbell's can of cream of mushroom soup and using it in all sorts of recipes and casseroles, but tonight I'm going to tell you how to make it yourself. 
for this recipe, you will need the following. One-fourth a cup of chopped onions. Two tablespoons of butter. Three cups of sliced fresh mushrooms. Six six tablespoons of all-purpose flour. Two fourteen and a half ounce cans of chicken or vegetable broth. Once again, that's two fourteen and a half ounce cans of chicken or vegetable broth. One cup of half and half cream, one half a teaspoon of salt, one eighth a teaspoon of pepper, just a dash of dried thyme, and a fourth of a cup of cream sherry. Now, what you're going to do is in a large saucepan, saute the onions in butter until tender and clear. Add the mushrooms and saute them with the onions until they are tender. Then combine and mix the flour and broth until smooth. Stir into the mushroom mixture once it is ready. Then bring all that to a boil. Cook and stir for two minutes or until thickened. If you're cooking for people who don't like chunks of mushroom in their soup, put the thickened mixture into a blender and set it to puree and pour it back into the saucepan. Now, when that's all done, stir in the cream, salt, and pepper along with your other ingredients and simmer uncovered for 15 minutes, stirring often. And that should bring you roughly four to six servings. You can use this for a lovely soup with a salad or sandwich. And then if you have it as a leftover, you can add bits of chicken, some peas and carrots to it for a one-pot meal for a, another night. I sure do hope you enjoy it. And I'll be talking to you next week. Till then, bye-bye. Well, thank you, Miss Loretta Evans. It's always a great to have her on the show, folks. And that actually sounds pretty good. I, I like cream of mushroom soup. I bet you could use that as a base in chicken pot pie as well. Up next, the professor's pontification. This week's topic is, you're just going to keep pretending or pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. A dream in a world of my own 
within the community. And not just the hoodoo and root work community. Oh, no, 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 darlings. But the spiritual community as a whole, the much broader, much larger community, who have a screen, a smoke screen. It might even be a nice Chinese screen. I don't know. Between them and the general community made up of not only their colleagues and fellow spiritual workers, but in particular, their clients. And I have touched upon this softly in the show before, but tonight we're going to talk exclusively about it. Yes, without question, there is a tradition of workers in hoodoo and conjure obtaining certain titles that go before their names, whether they relate to the church, such as brother, sister, deacon, father, uh, etc., bishop. There are those who have certain titles before their names that relate to a familial sense of trust that they have garnered from their community. Again, father, mother, uncle, Aunt, I mean that also again, sister and brother. There are those who have gained uh, a title relating to a particular spirit or animal that they happen to work with. Buzzard, possum. Of course, there is the very well-known title of professional respect that goes with doctor and oh yes there are two or three of us called professor that is a given I am in no way suggesting that those titles are disingenuous not at all certainly someone could engage in them in a disingenuous fashion but as a whole they are a part of the structure and the context of hoodoo and root work. But then we have a little further step. This is where someone whose name, I don't mean their birth name. Some of us out in the world were born with names that we didn't like, and we went and legally changed those names. And that's all well and good. It's a legal action. You're not attempting to defraud by that. People do it for a variety of reasons. They just didn't like their name. They don't want to be associated to their own name because of bad memories. They go to work in the stage, the theater, or in movies, etc. But I'm talking about someone who day by day, every day, goes by the name of, let's say, Carl Reynolds. And he's Carl Reynolds. And everybody knows he's Carl Reynolds, except when he goes to do his spiritual work, he is not Papa Reynolds, Dr. Reynolds, Mr. Carl, Brother Carl, Sister Carl. He's not Professor Carl or Professor Reynolds. He's none of that. No, 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 no. Suddenly, Carl Reynolds, mis 
mysteriously becomes Moses Thompson. Uh Uh-oh. Now, I hope that you followed along at the beginning of this pontification to understand that I am not trying to say anything against Mr. Reynolds if he became Moses Thompson because, well, he wanted to keep things separate or etc. No, 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 no. I'm saying look out for Mr. Carl Reynolds, who becomes Moses Thompson, for a reason. See, it sounded better to him. Sounded more down home. Sounded like Moses Thompson in his head when he picked the name out. What did he see? He saw old Moses Thompson sitting in his rocking chair on the porch smoking his old corn cob or briarwood pipe, dispensing wisdom to all the little chillins that came around, laying out his cards for them, telling them the future. See, he became Moses Thompson as a matter of stage act, not as a psychopomp, no, no, as a matter of stage craft. Now we've got a problem. Why? Because you have just beheld that at the formation of his persona, there was a certain level of disingenuous behavior going on. Now today, he's Moses Thompson. But now there's nothing stopping him from becoming... something else. Stuart Washington. Weiler Steinsaltz. He can become whatever he wants, you see. And when he changes his name, he changes his email address and his phone number. And he moves on. Now we've got a big problem. And again, this is not to suggest that those individuals who are in respected, well-known, even not even respected, I don't care if you're respected or not, but they are respected internally, traditions whose names change because of religious experiences or personal change or a rise in level of understanding. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. Again, I'm talking about this sinister figure who moves from name to name to name to name, who moves from email address to email address to email address, from phone number to phone number to phone number. Now, why would you need to do that? Well, you need to do that so that the old email doesn't work. The old phone number doesn't get to you because nine times out of ten, you have got somebody's money and you don't want it to them anymore, honey. It means that they're a con artist. It means that they're fraudulent. It means that they are evading clients at the minimum potentially the law at the maximum. And we see far too much of this 
in the greater spiritual community, as well as some of it within our own hoodoo and root work community. Now, that's an extreme. That's someone who has set out on day one, I can't now talk to you to dissuade you of that if that's who you are. I can only warn the rest of you to look out. Look out for that person. And it's hard to look out for that person because they keep changing names. You don't always know who you're dealing with. So it's perhaps come to mind at this point in time that you may be saying, well, that's all well and good and thanks for the warning. But Professor Porterfield, how does that help me as a up-and-coming practitioner or someone who's going to go to a practitioner, etc.? Ah, because I'm going to go and talk about another component of this, the less extreme component of this. This is where young or new workers, I don't necessarily mean young of birth age, I mean in practice, go to set themselves up. And they think there is an expectation. You see, they see this all around. They're surrounded by all these Dr. Fire Ants, all these Professor Bullfrogs, all these Mama Weasels. And so they say, well, I guess that's the way it's done. And I want to be a part of the crowd. I want to be within the continuum, within the context. So I guess I better do that. I guess I better become Bishop Bullfrog. Okay? I guess I better be Deacon Dirt Dauber. Because I like Dirt Daubers and I'm involved in the church. And thus begins a problematic situation. I'm not a great believer in the slippery slide mentality. Oh, well, if we let gay men marry, the next thing you know, people will be marrying armchairs. First of all, don't be ridiculous. Second of all, I don't give a shit if somebody wants to marry their armchair. It's kind of a weird relationship, but it's none of my fucking business. Mazel tov! So I'm not necessarily saying this is the slippery slope. I am saying you have to be careful of what you sow because it is what you reap. If you plant carrots, you do not get corn. And if you start out saying, well, uh, maybe I should do this because everybody else is doing it, then you may take the next step of saying, well, now they're doing that, so I should do that. And now they're doing this because now you're going to do that, etc., 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 and very soon what happens is you start to completely separate your open, public, spiritual practice from who you as an individual are. And that can become a terrible problem, not only for you as an individual and your own mental, spiritual, and physical health, but also for your clients and for your colleagues. Because you have a wall between who you are as a spiritual practitioner and who you are as a person. Now, I'm not saying that you should not have appropriate boundaries between your regular life and your public spiritual practice. I have hours, and if you call me after my hours, you can leave your name and number on the message answer, 
Okay? They have to have appropriate boundaries. I'm talking about a wall. A wall where on one side you're one person and on the other side you're another person. Out here, you're the great and terrible Oz. Silence. Bring me the witch's broom. And on the inside, you're just Joe Schmo. You're standing behind the curtain. And the problem is that what's behind the curtain is often of more use to your clients than the great and terrible laws. Often what's more important to them is to be told in my in my country we um, have many great men of intelligence and, and they they are given for it a diploma to show that you know it's more important because you've started to build this exterior fantasy and that's what it is it's a fantasy we have in our community some workers who have arranged their professional situation so that no one ever sees them. No one ever sees them physically. Now, this isn't because they deal with people who live too far away. This isn't because, oh, they have stage fright. This isn't because of that or this or the other. It's because when you talk to them, all of a sudden, they become uh, aged African-Americans or aged Appalachians or aged Louisianians. And so you've got dear old Claude Reynolds, who's a white guy. He's 33 years old, married, has two kids has an MBA, but when you call him, you Thompson, but, but most people just call me Papa Moses, see. Now, I remember back when, uh, out here on Tupelo, Mississippi, back here, uh, there was this white boy come see me one time. Uh-oh. First of all, fuck you for playing audio blackface because that's what you're doing let there be no mistake about it that is exactly what you are doing and it is as offensive it is as disingenuous and it is as unethical as if you did it standing on a stage You are doing audio blackface. Well, this boy come down here, and I said to him, uh, I said, boy, here, get you a silver dime wrapped out up on a red cloth that fuck you. Maybe you're not doing audio blackface. Maybe instead, when they call, Carl Reynolds answers the phone. Again, 32, got two kids, has an MBA. And instead says, 
Well, up here on these hills, I've been back here. I, I, I don't live back there no more. I had to move into a city. And back there, we get us some uh, poke root. Now, you are her poke root, girl? Oh, right, well, now, what I want you to do, I want you to go find some poke. I want you to make a poke salad. You know what poke salad is? Or now, you're going to have to boil it. Fuck you. Because you're not from Appalachia. Okay? And yeah, some of us know what the fuck poke salad is. And why would... Oh, my lord. No. No with the poke salad. Please. No. Never, 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 never. Please. Sometimes you call Carl Reynolds. Once again, 32. Married. Two kids. NBA. And by the way, he was born in Indiana. And when you call Carl, he says, well, now, Cheryl, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell you, too, you got that love trouble with that boy there, Cheryl. What I want you to do, I want you to go out here and take your drawers now, and you're going to wrap them around. Fuck you. Okay? No. You're not engaging in the same level of systemic racism as when you put on audio blackface, but you are still a disingenuous, lying son of a bitch. And I know I have some listeners who are a bit disturbed by the use of, as they term it, the F word, and I apologize. I do not mean to be offensive to you. It is merely the best word for those people in this situation. So my gentle condolences to you all. We also have this online where, again, you never need to be seen. We have it by sellers, some people on eBay, some people on Etsy, or perhaps it's Etsy, or perhaps it's Meetsy, or perhaps it's Deetsy, whatever it is this week. And we, of course, have this on some social media outlets, Twitter, and of course, Facebook. This is a serious problem because it is out and out lying. The bizarre situation here is that sometimes, and that's what I'm here to warn you about, to warn you before you do it, Sometimes some of these people are actually giving good advice. Sometimes the card reading is real and is spot on. Sometimes the root work is well-grounded. Sometimes it's informed. It's correct. It's within the context. And when we have that, you've got one of two problems. A terrible problem or a very, very, very sad problem. The terrible problem is where the person has actually studied all this. They just all think it's hokum and bullshit. And so, of course, they're giving you, quote, real advice because they've learned the system. They've learned recipes. They've learned spells. And they may have a book of 20 or 30 there are 10 or 5, whatever they need to fill in. So, yes, you are kind of getting good advice, except you're getting the same good advice that the guy that before you or the guy before before you got. And that's a bad problem because that person doesn't have any belief in what they're doing. They are just a con artist. They're just here to make money. 
The other side of it, which is the terribly sad side of it, is there are some people doing this who have a gift, who know how to read, who know how to do root work, who do it because they feel they need to. They lack confidence in themselves. They think that's what's expected. They see no harm in it. And I'm here to tell them tonight, stop. I'm begging you, stop. You don't need to do this. It's not expected of you. Not only is it not expected of you, it's offensive. Be yourself. Clearly, if you already have a gift, you're giving good readings, you know proper work, and you do good work, you're not flim-flamming and shamming and stealing, then drop the Papa Moses bit. By the way, if there is any worker anywhere out there, whoever hears this, whose actual name is Papa Moses, I do not mean you, sir. I was just grabbing at names and putting them together. So drop the Papa Moses bit. Drop the 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 Deacon Dirt Dauber bit. Okay? And certainly, certainly can we please drop the mama French name bit. Chaditi Mama so and so from the and the Haitian voodoo. You never even fucking been to Haiti. Drop it. Drop it. Because in the end, it's going to cost you. Particularly if you're a real worker. Particularly if you really do have a gift. If you really do prescribe good work. If you really do do good work. You have set the groundwork for your own destruction. Because there will come a day that people find out. And when that find out happens, you're ruined. You're ruined. I happen to know of a worker. As you all know, I have always said that on this show, if I ever meant to name names, I would name names. All right. You've been listening now for 52 plus. You've been listening for a year. And rarely have I dropped names. Why? Because some people just love it. Some people only tune in to hear you drop names. They just want to hear the Lashon Hurrah. They just want to hear the gossip. And that's not what I'm here to do. But I've always said I'm not afraid either to call out somebody. So I'm going to tell you right now. I know a worker. His name's Dr. Keone. Oh, he said it on there. Oh, no. And in the time that I have known this worker, he has been three or four different goddamn people. Oh, they've all had the same name, but one of them was clearly brought up in the Southern Pentecost, excuse me, Protestant church and had the fire and the brimstone and the imp and the vigor and the oomph that comes out of that experience. And at the time, I thought he was a fine guy. Then, when I next knew him, he was a son of Shaka Zulu, of the Zulus. And he had a little more African tone to him, and a little more of that. And I didn't think anything about it, because I said it's everybody's right to find their heritage, and to embrace their heritage, and to be a part of it. 
And then the last time I saw the son of a bitch, he was talking like he was from the islands. Oh, yeah, from Trinidad. You know, ma. And he was just telling all these stuff that he was going to do. Oh, I'm going to go over there. And we're going to get this done. Now, that's not embracing of your heritage. Why do I dare single out another person and risk my well-being to do so? Because it's true. Once you start, you end up not stopping. Is this meant to be a <gasps> anti-Dr. Keogh? No, 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 I don't give a fuck. That's not the point. The point is... When you start, sometimes you can't stop. You move on from persona to persona to persona to persona to persona. You lose all integrity. And more dangerous to yourself, you may start to lose a sense of who you are. And that's very dangerous indeed, particularly when you have gone out into the world to become a spiritual worker and are dealing with spiritual forces. Again, I'm not suggesting that people don't change, particularly on their spiritual journey. I'm not saying that you have to be the same today as you were five years ago. In fact, I'm saying the exact opposite. You should not be the same person at 40 that you were at 20, or the same person at 60 as you were at 20 or 40. I'm not sure how much change comes to us between 80 and 100, but hey, I'll let you know when I get there. But in the meantime, you still have to know who you are, even if it's at any given moment. And when you set all this up, when you begin to change all of these things and you do it not because you as an individual are growing and progressing and changing, but simply because it is advantageous to you, then you are not a spiritual worker. You're an actor. And perhaps you might be a very good actor. Perhaps you should go onto the stage. But you're doing a disservice to your clients. And you're doing a disservice to your colleagues. See, we have a nasty thing in our community. There's a very, very nasty thing, and I want to mention it. We assume, quite incorrectly, that other workers can't be fooled. Let me tell you what I mean by that. What I mean is that our fellow we're talking about, Mr. Reynolds, here tonight, when he gets caught and it gets outed that he's not Papa Moses, he's not black, that he's 32, not 70, suddenly everybody assumes that anybody who knew Papa Moses was in on it. You all knew he was white. You all knew he was in his 30s. You all knew he was from Indiana. And that's just not so. Spiritual workers can be conned 
just like anyone else. In fact, sometimes we can be conned a little easier. Why? Well, because we're trying to take people at face value, because we're trying to see the good in them, because we're listening to what they say and seeing if that jives. So sometimes you have a con person who knows their stuff. They've studied it or stolen it, and they're regurgitating it carefully. They're out to pull a con on the other workers so that then they can pull a more effective con on the clients. And then when the jig is up, uh-oh, everybody goes down together. So you have legitimate, kind, informed, earnest, ethical workers who get shammed, conned, and burnt by these people along with the client base that those con artists had developed. So when you set out to do this, be careful of how you put your foot down because you're not just risking you. You're risking the well-being and health, spiritual and mental health and physical health of your clients, and we've talked about that a lot here. But you're also risking the professional standing and well-being of those colleagues who have trusted you as well as your own good name. You see, it's like dropping a stone into a relatively small pond. We like to think our communities are very big. We like to think that everybody's doing magic and everybody's involved in this because everybody's talking about it. But the fact of the matter is just because people are talking about it doesn't mean they're doing it. Our community is a very small pond. And it doesn't take too big a rock to make lots of waves in that pond. So when you go out in life to do these things, start wanting you go wrong. Be yourself. And again, I'm not saying don't be Professor Reynolds. That tells us something about you. It tells us that you're probably academic, you like to teach, you probably pontificate. It means you're probably not the one to go to to have your hand held for love work because your name's not Mama somebody. By all means, be Mama Clancy. But as we've talked before, expect that you're going to have a lot of female clients and they're all going to want you to hold their hand. I'm not saying that. I'm saying don't create a fake persona for yourself. This isn't stagecraft. This is serious spiritual work, and it involves you as the center gaining the trust of ancestors, spirits, and spiritual forces. That's not what's important about it. What's important about it is that it means you being the center that gains the trust of people, regular people with their trials, their troubles, and their trust. And if you don't give a damn and you just follow through, starting a little fakeness here, followed up by more fakeness there, in the end, you just end up a liar.
Oh, yes, that was, in fact, Three Dog Night with Liar. And our Name It and Claim It winner in the chat room is Blue-Eyed Baby. You got it. That's correct. Three Dog Night with Liar. And you know, all the fine guys in Three Dog Night were just doing what they could, like all of us here at LMC, to just send out a signal. What's that signal? Why, that's the LMC Radio Network on the air! The LMC Radio Network, broadcasting around the globe, bringing news, information, education, and entertainment to all. It's the LMC Radio Network in the Vanguard! Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, hosted by Catherine Ironwood and Kondraman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30. Candelo's Corner, starring Candelo Cambisa, Mondays 5 to 7. The Crystal Silence League Hour, hosted by John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7. On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand, Wednesdays 5 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific, at 3 hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. And online at luckymojo.com. Thank you, Troll Towelhead, Chief Engineer here at the LMC Radio Network for that update of our shows each and every week. You are a beloved figure here amongst us, and now over to another beloved figure here at the LMC Radio Network. All hello, boys and girls. This is I, Count Goulash, here to talk to you about the Lucky Mojo Curio Company. Oh, yes, the Lucky Mojo Curio Company at 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Did you know that Lucky Mojo is both an online magical shop and a real magical store that you can visit? They carry a full line of handmade spiritual supplies, including occult oils, incense, powders, candles, herbs, mojo bags, spiritual soaps, books, and spell kits. For those of you who cast magic spells, love spells, money spells, and protection spells in the African-American hoodoo, pagan magic, and other witchcraft traditions, who is that we're talking about? It's the Lucky Mojo Curio Committee of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. Why not visit them in person? You can see the train set. And bring the kids, they love it, and watch it go around and around all the tiny people in tiny buildings and ask yourself, were they always so tiny? (laughs) And then go and take a few moments of quiet meditation and prayer in the world's smallest church, the missionary independent spiritual church, 
there on the grounds just outside the doors of the Lucky Mojo Curio Company and then go within and browse through the aisles at thousands of different items from all around the world. Where? At the Lucky Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California. But if you cannot get there in person, <laughs> don't worry, because you can find them at www.luckymojo.com online and take hours in quiet repose looking through their catalog covering hundreds, thousands of items. <laughs> Mojo Curio Company of 6632 Covey Road, Forestville, California, or online at www.lakimojo.com. Remember, tell them Count Goulash sent you. <laughs> he's, a, he's a powerhouse. I mean, I don't even, I, it's, it's impossible to follow him. I mean, it really is. You know, we ought to give him his own show. That's my opinion. Man needs his, his entire own show. Up next, a little segment I like to call Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery. That's right, the Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery. This week, we're going to be talking about Bible verses for help. You know, regular old everyday Bible verses, the kind you can find in any old family Bible. The family Bible on the table. Its pages torn and hard to read. But the family Bible on the table will ever be my key to memory. At the end of day when work was over And when the evening meal was done Dad would read to us from the family Bible And we'd count our many blessings one by one I can see us sitting round the table When from the family Bible Dad would read I can hear my mother softly singing Rock of ages, rock of ages, clip for me is full of trouble But this old world would also better be If we 
we found four Bibles on the table. And in mother's singing rock of ages, cliff for me. I can see us sitting round the table. When from the family Bible dad would read, I can hear my mother softly sing. Rock of ages, rock of ages, clap for me. Oh, yes, and that was, of course, from 1960, the Family Bible. And you know, I have to have my little games each and every week. I knew that when I played it, folks would be expecting Johnny Cash. We've had him on the show before singing it. No, 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 no. We have no winners tonight. That was Claude Gray. Claude Gray, who actually did his version of Family Bible, written by Willie Nelson. Got that one correct, Catherine. In 1960, before Johnny Cash did his. Claude Gray. And that leads us into tonight's secrets of scriptural sorcery. <clears throat> we have had several requests to the show that, uh, although people have appreciated all the various things that we've been talking about, but some folks wanted to have a bit more uh, use of Bible passages. And so uh, they have written me and said, you know, we've covered the Psalms pretty well, and they can find a lot of that information, but could I give out uh, some more Bible passages that are used and can be used uh, in an everyday situation, for everyday life situations. And baby, I've got a pile of them. Are you kidding me? I've got like the top 150 on a, on a bullet-pointed list in my fucking office. Yeah, of course I can. I'd be happy to. And so let's get right into this. So here are a few of the situations, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you the little situation, and then I'm going to give you the Bible passage that you can use. When you have difficulty figuring things out, and you're not sure, you just can't figure certain things out, you're having problems with schoolwork, you're having problems with work that at your place of business, and these, again, have to do with you being able to figure it out, this intellectual process, you can use proverbs. Dr. Carson, it's proverbs, not proverbs. Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. That's proverbs 3, 5 to 6, which is trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. If you are feeling worn down, if you're feeling very, very tired, and you just, you know, you don't feel like you have energy, you're just worn out, you can use Matthew 11.28. That's Matthew 11.28. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 
Now, before I go any further, let me say to you that you can not only use these for yourself, but as a worker, you can use these for your clients. A, to give to them to pray in their need, and also for you to use in your petition, for them to use in their petition papers, to be placed into mojo bags, to be placed on or written on the sides of candles, etc. If you are feeling weak, and again, we're making a differentiation here between weakness and tiredness. Here you're actually feeling weak. You are feeling disempowered. You can use 2 Corinthians 12, 9. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. Along those same lines, if you feel that your life is simply too hard, the totality of your life is simply overwhelming you, it's not just that you're tired or you can't figure things out or you feel weak. It's just all your just life is just knocking me down. You need some help. Then you can use Psalms 91:15. That's Psalms 91:15. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. If you feel that you have nothing left to give, both that you feel like you can't give, like in charity, you just don't have anything to give, but also you feel as if you have nothing else to give to people. You know, you're just lacking in being provided for so that you can then give out. You can use 2 Corinthians 9 and 8. That's 2 Corinthians 9, 8. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. You can use this in a piece of prosperity work, by the way. However, when you use this in prosperity work, either for a client or for yourself, remember, when that prosperity comes... You must then and share it out with others. Take some of that prosperity that arrives when the work is done and give to the needy. All right? Very important when using that, when using 2 Corinthians 9, 8. If you don't, the prosperity will then disappear off of you. When you feel alone, you're simply, I'm alone. I, 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 I am alone, and I just have nothing for me, no one for me. You can use Deuteronomy 31.6. Deuteronomy 31.6. The Lord, your God, goes with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. If you are feeling afraid or if you are feeling that there are forces around you creating fear, you're feeling spooked, you're feeling frightened, or you're feeling someone has done something to you to frighten you, then you would use 2 Timothy 1.7. 2 
Second Timothy 1 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. If you are feeling that you have a situation that depression is overtaking you or over someone else and you want to aid them in that depression by doing some work for them, then you would use Lamentations 3, 21 to 23. Three, Lamentations 3, 21 to 23. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. And also I would suggest that in any case of depression, whether it be for yourself or a loved one, please also seek some professional aid to that as well. If you have been condemned by others, we see a lot of this happening inside the church. If you have ever been condemned by others, then you can use Romans 8.1 for yourself. Romans 8.1. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. If you have many enemies coming at you, or you feel that there are many people who are working against you, or if someone is working against you, then add to your work or your work for others Romans 8.31. Romans 8.31. If God is for us, who can be against us? If you have a problem with a bad habit, drinking, smoking, anything that you need help overcoming. You can use one of two passages. I'll give you two passages you can use for this kind of work. The first you can use is Romans 8.37. Romans 8.37. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You would use that to give yourself strength to conquer the problem. However, if instead you're seeking to merely be freed of it, you want to be freed of the addiction, freed of the bad habit, then you would use 2 Corinthians 3.17. 2 Corinthians 3.17. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. <clears throat> if you are feeling that you're not quite beautiful enough, or if you're doing love work in which you feel like, well, I can never attract her, I can never attract him, I'm not very pretty, or you want someone to see you and see you in a beautiful light, and you want to add that to a piece of love work or a piece of glamoring that you're doing, then you would use Psalms 4511, Psalms 4511. The king is enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. It's particularly good in a situation with a married couple or an already established couple. And then finally, if you are feeling a need for mastery, 
if you are feeling that you just are lacking. I'm just nothing special. You know, I'm just not that great at whatever. And you are wanting to do some mastery work to aid you in that. You would use Ephesians 2.10. Again, Ephesians 2.10. For you are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Jesus Christ so we can do the good things he has planned for us long ago. And that has been a few helpful bits of scripture that you can use both in simple prayer for yourself or that you can use in a piece of work, again, as a part of a petition paper, written onto a candle, added into a mojo bag, added into a talisman, or do as a part of work for others. As always, our segment, The Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery, comes not only from our own knowledge, but also from Hoodoo Bible Magic, Sacred Secrets of Scriptural Sorcery, by Miss McHale and myself. And we thank her for its inclusion in the show each and every week. Up next, we're going to go into the kitchen, where we're going to this week find tobacco. We're just going to go down the road and find tobacco.
ding, 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 ding. Oh, yes, even when she's not trying. Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of our name and claimant on that one, and our last one for the evening, is Miss Catherine Ironwood. That was, in fact, the Nashville Teens with Tobacco Road. And you're right. It's not the radio release. It's the B-side. Congratulations, Catherine. I can't stump you to save myself. Well, tonight, folks, we're going to go into the kitchen, and we're going to be talking a little bit about tobacco. Also, you will find it called black candle tobacco, or even tobacco snuff. Is a softly different product. It is, of course, uh, tobacco, but it's been made into snuff. Tobacco is another item in hoodoo that we see the clear introduction of first tribe Native American sources in hoodoo. Uh, tobacco is a plant of the Americas and uh, it is a part of many Native American spiritual practices. Uh, within Native American spiritual practice, it is sometimes used as an incense, often burned as an offering, and uh, often used or burnt when uh, making requests. In hoodoo, it is also used to help control people and situations. So let's talk a little bit about that. You can use tobacco for court case work. In this, you would carry tobacco mixed with salt and deer's tongue in your pocket for success in court. So simply tobacco and salt mixed with deer's tongue together and put it in your pocket for success in court you would probably wear that in your right pocket as well. For love drawing, you can use tobacco as well. To call back a lost lover, sprinkle black tobacco in your mailbox or on your telephone. Tobacco mixed with Damayana and Mir and burnt on charcoal is also said to be an excellent love drawing incense. So here, if we want the lost lover to come back, we sprinkle black tobacco in the mailbox or on the telephone. I suppose in these days of computers, you could sprinkle a little tobacco on the top of the computer to get them to email you or to contact you via social media. And then also mixing it with uh, Damayana and myrrh, you can burn it as a love drawing incense. You would, of course, burn that on charcoal. You can also use tobacco, and in this case, tobacco snuff, in an all-around good luck hand. Tobacco snuff, John the Conqueror, cat hair, cat's eye shells, and lodestones placed in a red bag and dressed with black cat oil makes a very strong good luck drawing hand. So here we see you're using actual snuff, tobacco snuff, along with John the Conqueror root, black cat hair, cat's eye shells, and lodestone. And then you would dress that with black cat oil. 
if you need to bring trade to a whorehouse. And I'm going to go a little further. If you need to bring trade to a whorehouse, or perhaps if you work as a cam girl or a cam boy, or similar type situations, you can use tobacco to help draw trade. To do this, you go to a graveyard, buy a handful of graveyard dirt with a dime, mix it with equal parts tobacco snuff and sugar, and sprinkle it around the door. For stronger results, take a bath in water to which you add a tablespoon of saltpeter when you are finished. Urinate in the bath, add the graveyard dirt, tobacco snuff, and sugar, and then scrub the sidewalk in front of the house with this fixed bath water. Now, again, that can be translated into, if you're a cam girl or a cam boy, etc., you would then probably sprinkle around the camera on the floor. The camera sits somewhere to show you, so you sprinkle it around there. You would probably wash the area that you're going to do your work in that's going to be on camera. So you see, these things can progress into the modern world. You can also, finally, use tobacco as a jinxing incense. To do this, you burn tobacco, black tobacco, either alone or with black arts incense alongside black candles lit that are turned upside down. In other words, you're going to turn the black candle upside down and carve a new top for it for the destruction of an enemy or enemies. So these are just a few of the uses that you can find for tobacco. I would also tell you that tobacco is a, a local irritant, a mental sedative, and a highly addictive carcinogen. It's also a very useful insecticide, but it must be handled with care. To use it as an insecticide, you would simply add tobacco to water and boil it down, and boil it down to make a very very potent sort of a tea, and then spray or place onto the insect, such as an anthill. But you really should be careful. It is quite poisonous when uh, strengthened and brought together in that way. And that is not a magical use. I am dead serious about that. So that has been a little bit of what you can do with tobacco and tobacco snuff. As always, our information comes each and every week, not only from our own knowledge, but from hoodoo, herb, and root magic, and materia magica of African-American conjure by Miss Catherine Ironwood. And we thank her so very gratefully for its use and inclusion in the show each and every week. Well, I would love to stay and talk more. I got a lot more I could say about protests on college campuses. Keep those flags flying, Kindalach. Don't let the bastards get you down. And I think I've pretty much given you my two cents worth about hmm, being the great pretender. So take it as you will and good luck to you. 
We will again on the show, perhaps on another date, talk about even more passages from the Bible you can use. I keep telling you, the whole thing's useful. Every word, every phrase, every sentence. So go back to your Bibles and dig, 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 dig. Use it for yourself. Use it for your clients. Pass it along. And, of course, well, there was tobacco. We had some laughs. We had some good tunes this week. I actually stumped y'all once. Someday I'll get all of them. <laughs> and that's, uh, I guess that's it. Miss Loretta's already left. That was a great recipe. She had to go to a church meeting, so she left. And Johnny's uh, out on a date, so good luck, Johnny. It's just me here, I mean, all by myself. I mean, this is, this is it. This is. This is the end. Ah, this is not the end. Uh, it is not even the beginning of the end. Uh, but it is perhaps the end of the beginning. Thank you. 
been a production of the LMC Radio Network in the Vanguard.